Let's get back into it. Welcome back to the Gems for Your Soul podcast. I'm your host, Richard. Today's episode is more of a Black history moment, but a moment that remains an historic moment several decades later, several years later, to be, to be exact. Today is February the 11th, 2023. 33 years ago today, the late Nelson Mandela was released from prison after 27 years. Nelson Mandela, of the many historical figures over the course of my lifetime and, and beyond, Mr. Mandela remains a singular figure in my life, someone that I not only respected, uh, but looked up to for how he comported himself, how he led, how he showed compassion to his jailers, to those who um, saw him as other, as beneath, how he confronted racism, apartheid, um, and his own, his own treatment by those in power over the course of his life. It is one of the most amazing stories, I think, in human history. Going from a prisoner to a president um, and going from somebody who was beaten down and accused of crimes, including treason and other things, to a world leader who mo many leaders, many people gravitated to, flocked to in the years that he was his native country's first black president. Um, we were, we as a, as a world community, were blessed to have him with us alive for 95 years. Of course, we know that uh, Nelson, uh, Mr. Mandela passed away in 2013, but what he left is immeasurable. What he, what he started, what he led with, how he led, who he led, and how he took his experience and turn it into not only inspiration, but policy, culture, um, historic political change is something that I don't think we will probably ever see in our lifetime again. If we do, we cannot, in my mind, can compare Mr. Mandela to, to anything that happens in the future. So, little, so as this Black History Month rolls on, I do want to spend this episode reflecting on the impact of Mr. Mandela. But there is a, the best way to do that is to sort of re, re, relearn or reintroduce everyone to the store, his story. And I'm going to encapsulate it in a, a, a short few paragraphs. So this is something that I think is really important to remind ourselves of who this man was and, and, and why he did what he did. In 1944, Mr. Mandela, a lawyer, joined the African National Congress, which was the oldest black political organization in South Africa, where he became a leader of Johannesburg's youth wing of the, of the African National Congress. In 1952, he became a deputy national president of the ANC, 
advocating nonviolent resistance to apartheid. Apartheid was South Africa's institutionalized system of white supremacy and racial segregation. However, after the massacre of peaceful black demonstrators at Sharpeville, which was a, 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 town, a town in South Africa in 1960, Nelson helped organize a paramilitary branch of the African National Congress to engage in guerrilla warfare against the white minority government. In 1961, he was arrested for treason, and although he was acquitted, he was arrested again in 1962 for illegally leaving the country of South Africa. Convicted and sentenced to five years at Robben Island Prison, Mr. Mandela was put on trial again in 1964 on charges of sabotage. In June of that year, Mr. Mandela was convicted along with several other ANC leaders and sentenced to life in prison. Mr. Mandela spent the first 18 of his 27 years in jail at Robben Island Prison, which was renowned for its brutality um, and how prisoners were treated. Of, of course, now um, that prison is now a museum and Mr. Mandela's cell is one of the more, is actually a part of the prison that is open for, for, for tourists to see. He was confined to a small cell without a bed or plumbing. He was forced to do hard labor in a quarry, breaking rock and other laborious tasks. He could write and receive a letter once every six months. And once a year, he was allowed to meet with a visitor for only 30 minutes. However, Mr. Mandela's resolve remained unbroken through these 27 years. And while remaining the symbolic leader of the anti-apartheid movement, he led a movement of civil disobedience at the prison that forced South African officials into drastically improving conditions at Robin Island, on Robin Island. He was later moved to another location where he lived under house arrest. Fast forward to one of the most pivotal years in South African history, 1989. In 1989, F.W. de Klerk became South Africa's president and set about to dismantle apartheid. Just for reference, Mr. de Klerk was a white man. Mr. de Klerk lifted the ban on the ANC, the African National Congress, suspended executions that were, that were about to take place and that were ordered. And in February 11th, 1990, he, sorry, in the, February, in the month of February 1990, he ordered the release of Nelson Mandela. Once released from prison, Mr. Mandela led the ANC in its negotiations with the minority government for an end to apartheid once and for all, and, and to end the establishment of a multiracial government. Now, just putting this in context, this is a country in Africa, in the world, that had a centuries long institutionalized system of racial segregation and a black man who was previously imprisoned for a good portion of his life was released from prison and was able to work with 
the ruling white minority government and its white president to end this systemic institutionalized race, racist system and to establish for the first time in the history of the country, a multiracial government. That right there is what made, what, what made Mr. Mandela such a significant, powerful, important figure in world history. Just that, that sequence of events, I think should give everyone pause to, to really reflect on what he actually meant to the world. All of his efforts leading from when he left prison were rewarded in 1993 when he, Mr. Mandela, and the president, the clerk, were jointly awarded the Nobel Peace Prize. In 1994, an African National Congress won a majority in their election in the, in, in the country's first free elections. First free elections happened in 1994. And Nelson Mandela was elected South Africa's first black president. Again, another milestone, yes, but a significant shift in how this country was about to change. The shift required cooperation, negotiation between the black majority and the black and the white minority. And what better representative of this movement than the man who had a huge role in sparking change in a country that suppressed him and his, his people for centuries. Mr. Mandela retired from politics in 1999, but beyond, beyond that, he remained a global advocate for peace and social justice up until his death in December of 2013. One of the things that I remember during Mr. Mandela's time, especially after he was released from prison, whenever he came on television, whenever he was meeting with a world leader or making a speech, I was always transfixed on the television. I, I dropped everything that I was doing and I, I, I felt this pull towards this man. It didn't matter what time of the day it was. Um, it didn't matter what he was talking about. Everything stood still when Mr. Mandela spoke. I felt that I owed a measure of deference to this man. I, I, I realized I was, I was watching and listening to a civil rights champion in living color, living, breathing, because we, because I, I thought about all the civil rights champions that I, I read about, heard about, but they, their lives were cut short by, 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 by hatred and racism, whether it's Martin Luther King or Mar Malcolm X or Megha Evers. Unfortunately, he wasn't old enough to, to see them, um, you know, during their lifetime. But Mr. Mandela represented probably the first person that was a living, breathing civil rights champion. And he was doing things with his power that many people only aspire to. But given how short their lives were, they couldn't realize the full fruit of what they had started. And here's a man who could actually affect that change by taking the seat of power in the country that he, he was born Born in, after that's just an amazing testament to 
his inner strength, his perseverance. And again, I'll, I'll reiterate, he didn't, he never showed any anger or resentment to those who was captors as jailers. He was not, I think it's, it's almost too trite to call him a model citizen while in prison. Mr. Mandela, in my humble opinion, emoted compassion by just his very being. And he came out of that, that prison definitely scarred, I'm sure. But mentally, he was as strong as anybody, anybody could be. And he was determined and defiant enough and bold enough to take the reins of, of power, to use it to betterment of his people, while also teaching the world about what it means to be compassionate, um, what it means to uh, heal from racism, or at least start the start, start the process of healing, because racism is still with us. So I, I don't want to make that some. I don't want to create that narrative. Um, but the the idea that we can actually re reconcile through truth and reconciliation commissions and meetings and and create that space for understanding, um, even even with, with even with an apology, but even more so with policy changes. Mr. Mandela did all of that in a short period of time before we left politics. And since his time in office, every president in, that, in South Africa has been black. And whether or not they succeeded in their, in their policies and in their platforms, that's the legacy of Nelson Mandela. Because what needs, what needs to be reminded is, as a country, the bl black South Africans are in the majority or those of, of color. In South Africa, the white population is in the, is in the minority, but they held all the power um, for all of these years. And so that dynamic is something that people often have to remember when you right when you're reading the story of Nelson Mandela and South Africa is the dynamic of, of the population and the power structure and how that impacted day-to-day -day life for for Black South Africans. When Mr. Mandela was released from prison, I was in grade nine, I was in high school, and I was old enough and politically aware enough to know as much as I could about what apartheid was, um, because I, I read vociferously about apartheid in high school. I, it, was my, it was my duty in my, to actually know about the world around me. I always had a passion for world events, current events, but there was something about Nelson Mandela that I felt I needed to invest a lot of time in. And so when I think about this day, February 11th, 2023, and I can remember where I was, I was in front of the TV screen. My dad had called the whole family um, and we watched this elegant black man walking out of prison with a suit on, with his biggest smile, waving to the crowd, his wife by his side, holding his hand. And I just remember the pride and the, the emotional aspect of watching somebody walking free from bondage. He didn't have a, he walked with, with such surety and such strength. For a moment, I had forgotten that I knew about what he had experienced, at least what I was, what I heard from the news and from interviews of how he experienced his time in prison. Um, 
treated so poorly. Uh, I just I just talked talked about how how limiting you know the the cell was, was pretty small. Things like you know phone letters and how limiting he had with the outside world in terms of the ability to connect with the outside world. And here he is walking out with the biggest smile. And that smile, whenever we saw that smile when he was whenever he was in the public eye, it always reassured me that you know what. Things are, are definitely not perfect. We have a long way to go when it comes to racial reckoning and and how people are treated. Um, so definitely, this, we, we come a long way, but we have much more way, ways to go. But he was living embodiment of what it meant to be free from bondage. And um, I believe Ms. Medella came to, came to Canada and Toronto once or twice since he was released. And... There's a story that I now can remember. My dad um, actually went downtown where we were, where I guess he was being hosted by politicians and, and officials. And there was a there was a point in time where he was walking, he was walking the streets of Toronto. Miss Medella was walking the streets of Toronto, and crowds of people were walking behind him. And my dad had told us that he actually joined that crowd and he. He was going to go as far as he could. And I remember stories my dad would tell me about Nelson Mandela. And one of the things that I remember so vividly was how emotional his life, his story uh, made my dad. And my dad was very emotional when he, when Ms. Mandela left prison, uh, when he was from prison. And he showed that emotion in so many ways. And it, it reminded me of just how, how powerful we are as human beings, things, things that we do that we think nobody knows about or how we, how we communicate our strength to, to total strangers can leave real impacts. And I know my, my mother and people, my other people in my family, you mentioned the word Nelson Mandela and he evokes a range of emotions, a range of emotions. I made it appointment viewing whenever I heard about him on the news to find a channel and to just sit and watch him. Interviews with Oprah Winfrey and different journalists, I always made it a point to, to watch him speak. There was a wisdom in that voice, even as he got older and not as and, and a little weaker, he always had that voice. Um, it always admitted something important that I could actually hold on to. And it was just a, a, a beautiful thing to see the world embrace him. Presidents, prime ministers, kings and queens. Um, he became this global citizen. And I think the world should re realize what, what we had in him, that his family shared him with us for 95 years. But since his, his was from prison, he really became a, a world figure. And so definitely on in this month of Black History Reflection and thinking about whether it's a local champion or a hero that we want to highlight or somebody from the past, there's so many ways to look at Black History Month or Black History, obviously Black History, without putting a, a time limit on it, because Black History is celebrated, it should be celebrated every day of, of every year, regardless of, of, of the month. It's, it's a yearly, daily, weekly, hourly, minute-by-minute minute celebration, reflection, 
uh, recognition. You can't tell a story of Black history without giving respect, courtesy, and significance to the life and times of Mr. Nelson Mandela. It's interesting to, to know that his life will always be commemorated on you know his birthday. There have you know, been concerts, there have been different remembrances of him as time goes by. His words still still ring true. I remember going to the movie theater with my whole family to watch Spike Lee's Malcolm X movie. And it was like a three hour opus. If anybody's watched that movie, it is a long one, but it's Denzel uh, was remarkable as Malcolm and the cast was spectacular um, from, yeah, it was an amazing movie for, for the first time. And the, the last 10 minutes, different people, children, adults are reciting one of Malcolm's most famous speeches. And the last frame of the movie, you hear that gravely voice, that, that voice, and the camera pans to Nelson Mandela speaking to a, a group of school children. And he's standing straight and he is, and he utters those last few words by any means necessary. And the movie goes black. And I remember watching in the theater and I took a glance at my dad just for a quick moment. And I saw in his eyes that, that moment of, of pride that because nobody knew he was in the movie. Um, we didn't, I didn't, it was like we had a preview back in those days and to see him get that kind of recognition and that honor and that space to evoke yet another important message really spoke to me. And I remember leaving that theater going, wow, wow. This man is going to change lives, change the world for the better. Um, just his mere presence is enough to evoke such a, a measure of, of gratitude. Every, every year, I set aside time to think about Nelson Mandela. Um, he is someone that I will always hold in high esteem. I think about that prisoner to president, you know, that those three words, there's a, a huge amount of history in those three words. And there are other, in other parts of the world, there are other people who have had that, a similar journey of prisoner to president, or, you know, just where they've come from something really, really horrible and terrible, and they've rose to, to lead a country. Those are people that I tend to really admire, uh, and I feel inspired by them because they're not looking for recognition. They're not doing, they're not making these life altering decisions and they're not experiencing the kind of suffering that uh, Ms. Mandela suffered, suffered. They're not doing this for sympathy or empathy. They're doing it for a, for a belief in something greater than themselves. For Mandela, it was the, the desire to see Black people 
to be removed to 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 be to to be allowed to to be freed from the bondage of apartheid to no longer have to suffer under the the thumb of a system that was designed to beat them down instead what he wanted was black people to be free to be free to be free to experience and take, and take advantage of called the, the society that they are that they were living in that they, they, could, they could take advantage of the education system that they have to take, take pride in the economy that they could take pride in their own language in their customs that they were no longer outcasts and others yes he wanted racial unity absolutely and he he through gestures and policies succeeded in many ways to bring the races together in South Africa. But he knew that that struggle, that journey would, would happen, would, would continue on way beyond his lifetime. But he wanted to affect change with the, with the time that he had. And that needs to be remembered. How people like Mr. Mandela use their time on earth with purpose. Some people I'm sure because I've seen them on I've seen them in, in the news on TV when they are released from prison, whether they're wrongfully committed or not. They don't always have at, at that very moment a purpose. Well, many times when I've seen those people who have been again wrongly convicted, it's healing. They're healing from something, from losing in some cases half of their life for reasons that will never be, never be known to them. And many of them over time find their footing and re-enter society and make a life for themselves. Not everybody has a calling to take a personal tragedy, a personal a situation, and then turn around and try to improve the lives of other people. And I think it takes a special kind of person to have that special kind of strength to say, I'm going to help us, the society, the community, the, the country, the city, whatever, whatever locale to do better, to be better. And Nelson Mandela was one of those people who saw potential, who saw promise and wanted to be an instrument of change. As Martin Luther King said in, in one of his last speeches before his passing, be a drum major for change, an instrument for change. Mandela was an instrument for change. A loud, maybe a subtle, um, a prominent instrument for change. And he made decisions that led to a lot of things changing for the better in, that, in, in his home country. But the world got to experience that. And the way the world embraced him was indicative of the person that was being embraced. Again, leading with love and forgiveness and compassion and not for him, leading with anger was never a choice for him. He didn't, didn't want to seek that sort of path. He felt there was something more that could come from his situation by being an example. And that is why on this day, February 11th, 2023, my Black History Moment is the life of Nelson Mandela 
and the anniversary of his release from Robben Island Prison. The little mu the music that I that I shared in this episode just before I started is a song called Mandela, Bring Him Back Home. The author of this song is the late great trumpeter from South Africa, Hugh Masekela. This song was released at a time where the world was, was crying out for his release. And as a native South African, Hugh Masekela used his platform, his, his art to, to, to let people, the world know that this person, in his words, through his art, needed to come home. It was time for him to come home. I hope you all took some something out of this episode. This was a meaningful episode for me, uh, personal, personal meaning, personal importance. And I, I look forward to your comments uh, when I drop the episode on on Spotify and the other platforms. Thank you for listening. This has been another episode of Gems for Your Soul. Let's get it next time. Bye for now. Mm -hmm.